We're going to read together verses 1 through 3. Everybody have it? Okay, let's read that together. Ready, read. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Come on. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Very good, class. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. Father, thank you tonight for the word. It is blessed, and we are blessed to hear and to see. Tonight, pour out. Show us, reveal your perfect will and plan for us, how we are to operate in the kingdom of God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. All right. We're talking tonight what we were going to talk about on Sunday before the Lord totally disrupted our plan and flowed by his spirit and changed the order of our service. Praise the Lord. But we don't mind that. He's welcome to change the order of our service anytime he wants to. He can change it right now. He can send a wave right now and just wreck this whole service and I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind least, the least bit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, I was sharing with somebody, I think, I guess a couple of deacons were talking before service, and, and I've really been uh, just digging in. You know, my wife and I, we were fasting last week, then next week we all fast. I fasted today, in fact. Fasted today. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm increasing my fasting. When you fast, Paul said, fasting's often. Pharisee one time said, I fast twice a week. And Jesus said, except your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees. So they fasted twice a week. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm not trying to make you, I'm just saying, ask, I'm talking about me. See, I'm, I, I have to carry this thing here. As pastor, I got to carry this thing. and So I, I can't afford to have a disconnect and let down and not be consecrated, not be set apart, not be... Uh, if you allow this juiced up, I came in drunk this morning. <laughs> I did. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what we preach this morning. Have a drink. Tell your neighbor, have a drink. You can have a drink in the morning, have a drink at nighttime, have a, have a drink at lunchtime. Hallelujah. And so, but I was sharing with the deacons about how you know, one thing that we got to be, be watchful and careful about, you know, there are churches who they don't know the word of faith. And so they don't know, uh, you know, there are a lot of them are shut down because they don't know the word of faith. They, they no, no, no plan on opening anytime soon. Now, I'm not picking on them. I'm just stating, you know, fact. Um, but even when you know the word of faith and you preach the word of faith, sometimes you can become so word heavy that you don't make room for the spirit of God. And you know, we need the word and the spirit. There are some people who have the spirit and not the word. <laughs> so they get goofy. No matter what I'm talking about. There are some churches who they get goofy because they get all spirit and they get goofy. You ever seen goofy people in the spirit? 
And then you have the ones who get wordy, and they become, like I was sharing with the prayer group this morning, like old wells, deep and dry. And we don't ever want to be deep and dry. Hallelujah. I'd rather we be deep and be fountains of living water. So we need the word and the spirit. Amen. So the Lord was giving us a key about that here um, last Wednesday on how to always flow in that with the word and the spirit. It's ministering to the Lord. So we're talking tonight on part two of that ministering to the Lord. And I was talking about last week, if you remember, about how people have this, you know, there's a phrase we use in church all the time about music, sometimes about preaching, that that really ministered to me. And so, again, as I said to you and I, re I remind you, there's nothing wrong with songs or music that ministers to you, nothing wrong with preaching that ministers to you. It should. It should minister to you. But beyond that, there's a place uh, and where you want to go and a way you want to operate that will get the anointing involved. How many of you know uh, Isaiah 10 verse 27? I'm going to start it off. I, I can't start it off because I don't know the exact verbiage, but I know the end of it talks about that the anointing, that the yoke shall be destroyed, the burden shall be removed because of the anointing. So I didn't want you to quote it verbatim. I just was hoping you had a general idea of what it means. You want to, as people of the spirit, you want to make sure you begin to know these kind of scriptures because when you're going on in your life and you're, you're under uh, an attack of the enemy or you're under any, some sort of bondage or some sort of oppression or some sort of addiction or some sort of stronghold, the Bible tells us that the anointing is what destroys the yoke. <laughs> it's the anointing that removes the burdens. Glory to God. So the anti-anointing is from Satan. He brings burdens and yokes. Right? So we need the, the anointing of God to break that and destroy that. Amen? All right, now, so we want, to want the anointing where we are. Now, the anointing comes from who? Comes from God. It's the, it's the very spirit of God, right? And there's a scripture in Psalm 22, verse 3, we looked at last week. I'll start at verse 1. Psalm 22, verse 1 through 3, which says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Those, this is a prophetic psalm. All right, Jesus repeats these same words on the cross, right? Yes. Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? Notice how he's complaining right here? Yes. Then he says, my, Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear in the night season and am not silent. So I'm crying all day and all night. Okay, but, everybody say but. but. That's a big but right there. Yes. You are holy enthroned in the praises of Israel. So notice that God doesn't get enthroned in his complaining or his crying or his moaning or his groaning. God gets enthroned or he sets up residence. He makes his habitation where there is praise. Okay, so your praise invites Father God into your atmosphere. Your praise invites Father God into your home. Your praise invites Father God into your car. Your praise will invite Father God into your workplace. I don't care whether you're the boss or not. I told you last week, you might ought to sneak in a half hour early before anybody gets there and set up a praise uh, party going on. Just you and the angels of heaven. Are oh, y'all hear me tonight? 
and then you can invite God's presence in there and then your, your boss will come in or your coworkers come in and be your nice and don't know why they're being so nice. Because you've invited the presence of God and the anointing is removing burdens and destroying yokes and causing this peaceful atmosphere that they don't even understand why it's so peaceful. Glory to God. <laughs> I'll say it. Well, my, me and my, my spouse and I are always fighting. What you ought to do is, before your spouse gets home, I, I didn't get any, any. Before your spouse even gets home, is get your praise party going on. Praising God. Not ministering to you, ministering to him. Just look straight ahead. Just look straight ahead. All couples just look straight ahead. Pretend I'm talking about the other couples in the church. Just look straight ahead. You want this in your life, don't you? Glory to God. Because he sets up habitation in the praises of his people. Okay? Now, you remember I taught you this last week. When we minister to the Lord, he ministers to us. When we minister to the Lord, he ministers to us. And I gave you an example in Luke chapter 8, verse 3, in the King James Version uh, of um, these women who the Bible says ministered to Jesus of their substance. They ministered to Jesus of their substance. They took of what they had and ministered to Jesus. So when you minister to the Lord, you got to minister to him of your substance. We also, if you remember, we went to Psalm 139, verse 14 and 15, where it talks about uh, we're being fearfully and wonderfully made, but it goes to verse 15, talks about our substance was not hid from him. So you, you are made of substance. So when you praise God, when you worship God, you got to worship him with your substance. That's why we want to get you, get you dancing. Because your feet are part of your substance. We want to get you putting your hands in the air and wave them like you really do care because, because your hands are part of your substance. Get you to open your mouth and Shout unto God with the voice of triumph because your voice is a part of your substance. Your tongue, your lips are part of your substance. So, so then remember, we, let me go right to this scripture here in um, uh, Psalm 103. Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. So every part of me, my substance, I use to bless the Lord. So I don't hold anything back. And I told you last week, and some of y'all, hopefully you got it by Sunday, you got to get past your own personality. You have to get past your own comfort zone. Well, I'm not, I'm not really that kind of praiser. Shante, this ain't about you, right? Remember you at the restaurant last, last Wednesday. And you, you ordered a steak and sweet potato and some broccoli. And the server had to bring out what you asked for. Remember that? See, so you have to give God what he asked for. So you don't tell God how you're going to praise him. Well, you can tell me how to praise him. I'm not telling you how to praise him. I'm going by the book. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. That's in the book. Dance to the Lord. That's in the book. I'm not making that up. That's in the book. Well, that's just, he just gave me options. No, he gave you commands. 
So it's not about how you feel and how you, you know, what you, you know, this is my personality, you understand? I'm really a quiet and a timid and a shy person, you know, and I don't really want to make all the noise and, you know, disturb people, and that's not my character. That, that's not your old character. See, if you're still going to hold back, then you've not surrendered yourself to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So ministry comes from your substance. Comes from your substance. Let me give you another scripture here. Can I, can I keep teaching here? Go to Mark 14. Let me give you an example of this. Because when you minister to him of your substance, there's, there's, there's nothing too much. <laughs> there's nothing too much. Some people in church act like you're asking for too much if you tell them to shout. You're asking for too much. Come on, dance to the Lord. No, you're asking for too much. I might, I might sway a little bit. <laughs> Trees can sway. Trees can sway. Trees sway in the wind of God's glory. He didn't tell trees to dance. And he didn't tell you to sway. He said, praise him in the dance. Y'all get it. Y'all better respond to what I'm telling you. Praise him in the dance. And you don't have to have rhythm. That's right, Tamara. You can do it. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And somebody please help me tell your neighbor, you're not too cute. You're not too cute. I mean, you, you're cute, but you're not too cute. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Mark 14, verse 3. And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as he, this is Jesus, sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. And we're talking about, not in Tom Ford. No, this, this, would, be, this would be bespoke kind of perfume. This is something that's made. It's very costly oil of spikenard. Some theologians have studied and, and, and said that this woman, what she pours out would, would have cost the equivalent of one year's salary. Now I want you to just think about your salary for a year. Very costly. <laughs> But it was part of her substance. In fact, I try to say it without being too graphic, she worked for this. If you understand her occupation, you understand, adults understand what I'm talking about? Well, they said her occupation was she had worked for this. 
So it was her substance. It's precious. Now don't pick on her. Women, women, women couldn't go be doctors and lawyers back then. Y'all judging her. She couldn't go be a Supreme Court judge. She couldn't, she couldn't do that. She couldn't go and, you know, there was no Mary Kay back then she could do. She had to do her own thing. I'm not, I'm not defending her. I'm just telling you. But she had been forgiven. And whoever is forgiven much, they love much. So when it came worship time, while all the other religious people were sitting there ready to share their doctrinal thesis with Jesus, let me just tell you what I know about the law of Jesus. All stoic, all dignified, intellectual, in the presence of the Most High, and don't know how to bow and worship. This woman who had been forgiven, who had been delivered, who had been set free, when she heard he was in that house, she came in having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard, and it says, and she broke the flask. She didn't even save the flask. She's not even going to refill it. Y'all better catch it. You remember when, when, he, when Elijah had to go anoint Elisha to be the next prophet for Israel? What did Elisha do? Elisha, who was out there tending his father's uh, uh, flock, he had uh, 12 yoke of oxen. The Bible says he took the oxen and all the apparatus, all the tools, and he burned it all, made a sacrifice. He burned it. In other words, I'm not going back to that. When, when formerly blind Bartimaeus was called by Jesus to finally come, he threw off his beggar's coat. In other words, I'm not going back to that. So this woman, when she's coming to worship Jesus, she didn't just pour the oil out of the flask. She broke the flask. In other words, I'm saying, I'm not going back to that anymore. I've got a new, oil. Oh, y'all better shout something. I've been forgiven, I've been washed, I've been cleaned, I've been made whole, and I'm not going back to that. So I'm going to pour everything I have on this new life. God has been so good to me, I cannot tell it all. And some people get to church and act like they hadn't been forgiven them much. Act like you've always been right. Act like you've always been good. Act like you always had an apple a day and eight glasses of water a day. And act like you never did anything wrong. But anybody here can testify, the Lord has forgiven me. The Lord has washed me. The Lord has sanctified me. The Lord has cleansed me. And he's worth all I have. Somebody shout, I know I'm forgiven. He that forgives is forgiven much, they love much. Because there are people, you know, you keep reading, I'm not going to read verse 4 and 5, but, you know, they tried to talk about if he, you know, they would, she should have, you know, this is all was wasted. 
People who are non-worshippers and praisers, people who don't know how to minister to the Lord will always talk about your worship. They'll always criticize your praise because they're cute. They got their hair all, you know, laid down and perfectly pressed wardrobe and But you can't regard what other people think about your worship. <laughs> I'm going to show you something else in a moment. <laughs> Glory to God. Verse 6, but Jesus said, let her alone. Leave that worshiper alone. Somebody tell your neighbor, leave me alone. I got a suddenly praise going on. That's the song they sing at RVM band. Leave me alone. I got a suddenly praise going on. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've given. You don't know where I am. Just leave me alone. I got a suddenly praise going on. You don't know what God brought me out of. You don't know where God brought me from. You don't know what God brought me through. You don't know what God did for me just last night. I was in a battle, I was in a tussle, I was in a fight, and I won. God gave me the victory, so pardon me if I get a little expressive in my praise, a little expressive in my worship, a little expressive in my dance. Hallelujah. 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 He healed my body. I don't, you ain't got to worship, he healed my body. You ain't got to do nothing, but he healed my body. You can sit there and be cute, but he saved my soul. You can sit there and be all sedity and sanctified all you want to, but he, he paid my rent for me. I ain't know how I was going to make it. God came through for me, so I'm going to give him some praise, some praise, and some praise some more. People always tell you that your praise costs too much. praise we're talking about I ain't judging your praise this is my praise stay right there now notice 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 this he says let her alone why do you trouble her she has done a good work for me he says for you are the poor with you always whenever you wish you may do them good That's, you know, they pretend to be concerned about the poor he says, but me, you do not always have. In other words, I'm not poor, and I'm not going to always be here. But verse 8, she has done what she could. I may not be able to dance like some of y'all. I mean, some of y'all can. I've seen some of y'all, boy, y'all can cut a step like you grew up, Kojic. But tell somebody, do, do what you can, do what you can. You may not have rhythm, Tamar, but do what you can. You may not be able to sing all the notes on key, but do what you can. Glory to God. Somebody shout hallelujah. 
God. I'm going to do what I can. We used to sing a song. If I couldn't say a word, if I couldn't say a word, if I couldn't say a word, I just wave my. I just do, do what you can. You do what you can. Do what you can. <laughs> Jesus said, she has done what she could. She couldn't provide a big feast and feed everybody. She couldn't, she couldn't host me in her house. She has done what she could. When you worship, do what you can. Do what you can. Not as they do what you feel, do what you can. Because you, you can do more than you feel. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? You can do more than you feel. But when you do more than you feel, when you do what you can, you'll start feeling like you can. Anybody ever come to church on a Wednesday night tired? Whew. I've been working all day. I've been, oh Lord. But I came here tonight and I got the joy of the Lord on the inside of me and I started clapping my hands and I started shouting glory to God and I started dancing and the more I did it, the better I feel. I was doing what I could and all of a sudden I got a little more energy. I got a little more vitality. I got a little more anointing. And the anointing takes over because the anointing destroyed the yoke and the anointing removed the burden. done what she could. <laughs> Every once in a while, y'all at least wave your hands. You know what? You know that I just I just heard this, Chris. That means when you're at your work, sometimes when you're at, at work, you can't go run around and dance. You can't go, but you can say, oh, Lord, I love you. I love you, Lord. I love you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Woo! Just do what you can. Sitting at your desk, you can't run, but you can, your, your feet can dance underneath the, underneath the desk. You can just holler. You can blow it up. Shout, do what you can. Now, now in other, other, other uh, places where you see this story, they name her Mary. We know her as Mary. Now, I want you to note something here. 
in verse 9, verse 8, she's done what she could. She has come before and to anoint my body for burial. She's ministering to the Lord. Verse 9 says, Surely I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman, what was her name again? Mary. Has done will also be told as a memorial to her. So I don't know how many people are in the room, but the only one that we're still talking about. We ain't talking about nobody else in the room, don't even know their names. All we know is that this woman Mary, in 2020, <laughs> praise God, because she worshiped the Lord. She ministered to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, you got to minister of your substance. And don't let anybody judge you on your worship when you're ministering to the Lord. Can I show you something else? Go to 1 Chronicles, please. 13. That's Old Testament. 1 Chronicles 13. I'm going to read from a story you know well. I've, I've taught you from this story here. 1 Chronicles 13, verse 7 and 8. This is when David uh, is going to bring the Ark of the Covenant back into the city of David. Verse 7. This, this, the, this is the first trip. So they carried the Ark of God on a new cart from the house of Abinadab and Uzzah and Ahio drove the cart. Then now, this is what I want you to note this verse, verse 8. Everybody say verse 8. Verse eight. Then David and all Israel played music before God. Notice the phrase, before God. Then notice the phrase, with all their might. Ah, that music too loud. They played before God. I want to go to a nice quiet church where they don't, they don't get all loud like that. And, you know, the people we can, we know, you know, the decibel meter is not going to go too high because people aren't too loud and they're, you know, and we need it to be soft and quiet. Almighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. But it said they David and all Israel. How who all did this? Everybody. Played. The word music is italicized. I mean they weren't playing games. They played music before God with all their might. Now might is their substance. Is everything in them. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. So they weren't reserved. 
This wasn't symphonic band, man. This was marching band out on the field. It's the marching 100 out here, man. You ever been to a HBCU football game? They don't send the corral, the, the, the corral band out there. They, and you, you don't want to be anywhere near the band because you're like, ah. How many of y'all ever been to a game like that? Man, they're blaring. And I know there, there'll be other bands like, oh, they don't have any, any control. You know, they, 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 don't, they don't have any control. That's not really good intonation. They not think about intonation. They think about, we're going to dance. You know what I'm saying? We about to have a dance party. So why go to church? Well, you're going to be all quiet and sedity and cute and nice and refined and all that kind of stuff. No, we ought to be having a dance party every time we come together. And you can have one in your house by yourself. Oh, I know it's right. I know it's right. Ask me how I know. Man, I get on some Judas McAllister, be dancing. Everybody praise him. Everybody giving it up to him. Everybody pray. I mean, come on. You mean you would do that? Yes. I thought you were cool, Pastor. I am. I'm cool with Jesus. I'm cool with Jesus. I'm cool with Jesus. I don't care what you think. So it says, they, they, we're going to see this. And they, they played these before God with all their might, with singing, hello, on harps. Now, how do you play harps with all your might? With harps, string instruments. Tend a stew out of a guitar. Harps, string instruments. Now I've seen some of y'all with them tambourines. Y'all seen them people in tambourines? When you get home, YouTube tambourine church. Well, people, boy, People do some stuff with some tambourines, boy. I grew up in a tambourine church. Glory to God. Pop, 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 pop. Praise him on the cymbals. Praise him on the loud sounding cymbals. Praise him on the high sounding cymbals. That's Psalm 150, right? Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. And with trumpets. See, today, you couldn't, they wouldn't even let you do that. They had to put a cover on the trumpet because we don't want your spittle because of COVID-19. We can't. You see this? See how, 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 they, how they behaved? 
Y'all see how they behave? All right, now let's look at another place here. This is the continuation of this story. Now, the first time they did this, the problem was they carried the ark wrong. They carried on this ox cart, a man-made thing that wasn't how God told them to do it. And that's how they ended up taking the ox. Remember, the men died, and they ended up putting the ark over in Obed-Edom's house. He had 90 days worth of blessing on his family, right? Okay, now, so finally they, they hear, David hears, hey, man, Obed-Edom house, they're, they're getting blessed. They're prospering because the ark is down there. He said, hey, I got to go get that. Bring that back here to central headquarters so we can all be blessed, right? So 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel, you're going to go backwards, okay? But we're still, we're going through chronological order here, okay? So 2 Samuel and chapter 6. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 14. Now, now they're bringing it the right way on the shoulders of the priests. That's the way God had told them to do it. Man, I told my, my side off. Boy, I'm banging like a tambourine. <laughs> I hit myself with all my might. Wow. That's stinging. <laughs> Sometimes you got to sting for Jesus, though. You got to sting for Jesus. Let's start at verse uh, 13, verse 13, 6, verse 13. And so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, that's all it took, that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Verse 14, then David danced before the Lord with all his might. When the spirit of the Lord comes upon my heart, I will dance like David danced. David didn't wait on the spirit of the Lord to come upon him. He danced with all his might. He's ministering to the Lord. He's not waiting on God to touch him so he can dance. He's just going to start out dancing. So you don't wait on God to touch you before you start dancing. You just start out dancing. You don't wait on God to touch you for, oh, oh, glory. No. No, you just go ahead and wave your hands and just go ahead and shout hallelujah to him, right? And so... David danced before the Lord, here it is again, with all his might. He's given all of his substance to minister to the Lord here. Okay? And David was wearing what? Linen ephod. ephod. That's his, his priestly covering. Okay? So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with, here it is again, shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Now we know they're going to do it the same way as last time with all their might. These trumpets are blaring. They're blaring. They're screeching. That's what we say about trumpets. They're screeching. Isn't that right? When y'all in family March 100, trumpets start screeching. Now as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, verse 16, now watch this. Remember those guys who were picking on that woman's gift back in Mark 14? Michael or Michal, I'm not sure, it's, it's a woman, so. Saul's daughter looked through a window and saw King David. <laughs> That's interesting because all this time, you know, part of the time we've been, just been calling him David. 
but she saw King David <laughs> leaping and what? Now, y'all, this is, this is King David. <laughs> Devin, King David was as masculine of a man you could get. King David was so tough. It's a killer, man. King David sitting out there guarding the sheep and a lion came. This is a man's man, D. He grabs a lion by his, by his beard, man, and just whooped him. I mean, just bam. Bear comes out. Same thing. Same thing. Goes and confronts Goliath. Nine feet tall to his little short self. Same thing. Whooped him. This is a man's man. I'm messing with the men tonight. This is a man's man, Oscar. This is like you, man. This big old hands, man. Just vice grip hands. Just break somebody carpal tunnel. People just. Oh. Just a man's man. Right? Remember when, when he was going to marry Saul's daughter, the other daughter? Read this when you get a chance. He's going to marry Saul's other daughter because Saul's trying to, trying to set David up to fail, to, to get him killed. So he said, hey, let's set him up. I'm going to get him to marry my, my daughter. Not, not Michael, this is his other daughter. And so Saul's nasty. So he gonna, yeah, just, he's, he's going to give him the other daughter. And so he says, but tell you what, to do that, I need you to bring me the foreskins of 100 Philistines because he's trying to set him up to be killed. David said, 100, that's it? Shoot. He goes back, he says, there's your hundred, and he go a hundred extra. Two hundred. This is a man's man, Deacon Tyrone. Killed two hundred men and cut off their foreskin. It's a man's man. Goes out and Fights battles. Yes, sir. Remember they, at Ziklag, they got caught up, 1 Samuel 30? Yes, they had been out fighting and come back to Ziklag and their whole city had been burned down. Their wives had been taken, their children had been taken, all their cattle had been taken. And the Bible says, David, the men, they all crying, they all crying, they weeping to their unknown power to weep, the Bible says. And here's David, David, and the Bible says, they, they get ready to stone David. And the Bible says, no, David encouraged himself in the Lord. I told you last week, what did he do? He ministered to the Lord. And he said, Lord, shall I go? And the Lord said, go. You shall pursue and you shall recover all. David said, hey, mount up. Let's go get them. They went back and got killed all, them, all those Amalekites, whoever them guys were. Killed them, brought all the stuff back, brought all the women back, brought all the children back, and brought all the Amalekite stuff back. That David. And yet the Bible says... They saw him leaping and whirling.
Zamar, remember that time you in that taking that ballet class at St. Pete College? Remember that? I regret seeing that video. I just can't get out of my, you know, I can't, I can't unsee it. But Samar is a man's man. But he was whirling and leaping. And here the Bible says this manly man. How many manly men do I have in this place tonight? Girl. But when it comes to ministers of the Lord, all your little manliness, all your little manhood, all your little toxic masculinity goes out the door because when I'm going to worship God, it ain't about me and my image and how I feel and how I look and what you think. It's about I want to give God every part of me. So if I leap, if I whirl, if I dance, if I shimmy, whatever I got to do, I'm going to let the Lord know, God, I thank you. God, I praise you. God, I glorify you. Lord, I love you. And if I were, I dare you to say something. I dare, I dare you to say something about me if I were. Because I can leap and I can whirl, but I can show a throw down too if you still want to talk about it. See, he didn't care. I said he didn't care. Not about personality, not about comfort zone, comfort level. It's about he's doing this before the Lord. He's ministering to the Lord. You don't know what kind of things God was setting up every time he whirled. Every time he made a revolution, God was defeating another enemy for him. Every revolution he made, God was destroying another nation for him in the future. God was establishing that throne that will last forever. That throne that Jesus Christ came and sits on right now. That's why I'm telling you, you can't be too cute and too dignified. And men, you can't be too masculine. What, what's happening in the church many times is we left all the worship to the women. But the Bible says, oh, that men would praise the Lord. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his wonderful works to the children of men. been so husky and stiff. This is a man's man. He'd have beat you down with one eye closed and one arm tied behind his back. He'd have beat you down. Now I got a weapon. He would, have, he would take your weapon and beat you with it. That's what he did to Goliath. <laughs> See, because when it's before the Lord, all that goes out the window. And sometimes, some of the men, I'm just going to mess with you because y'all looking at me. You're so scared of being a sissy. Ain't nobody think I'm a sissy. Gonna thank your sissy when you beat a lion and a bear and Goliath. Nobody gonna thank your sissy. You ever heard Mike Tyson talk? I dare you to call Mike Tyson a sissy. I dare you to say you a sissy. I dare you to say Mike Tyson a sissy. 
Glory to God. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. For his goodness, for his wonderful works of the children of men. Glory to God. Now, the point I'm making to you is about he, he did this. Uh, he was whirling and, and leaping because he was doing this with all his might. He's dancing with all his might. Remember we read that verse 14 15? He's dancing with all his might, his substance. He's ministering to the Lord, so he's not going to hold anything back. Trying to be cool. He gets totally outside and beside himself. When you really want to just enter in God's presence, you need to just get beside yourself. Now, I'm not telling men you come here next Sunday wearing tights and all that kind of stuff. I'm talking, but please don't. <laughs> or anybody else for that matter. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is... get a chance to watch some, some old videos of some of Pop Hagen meetings, Kenneth Hagen meetings. See some of these videos, and we're not talking about too long ago. I mean, he, he passed away in 2003, moved to heaven, so we're not talking about that long ago. But these some of these meetings where, man, the power of God hits and these people, first of all, they're laughing uncontrollably. And then they start dancing and rolling all over, flipping over seats. I watched one of the day. I, I saw a guy clear. He's sitting in a seat just like he's sitting in a, just, just like that. And Brother Hagen came by and just said something. And he literally, I, don't, I can't even understand how he did it, jumped out of his seat and ended up in the row behind him in one jump. Power God hit him. Bam, he did Some of y'all was close to that Sunday. I saw some of y'all. We have it on video, too. We have it on video. Some of y'all. Some of y'all put in some compromising positions, boy. Dude. But you don't care, do you? Thank you, Jesus. Say, thank you, Jesus. So here's King David, the manly man, leaping and whirling before the Lord. And notice this, and she despised him in her heart. Now, jot down to verse 21. 21. No, go to verse 20. Verse 20. Then David returned to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how glorious was the king of Israel today? Yeah, she flipped mouth. This is how people looking at you when you get crazy. When you get, when you get free. When you get free in your worship. I'm, I'm believing God that this will be a free house. No, y'all didn't say that. I'm believing this is going to be a free house where you can freely worship God, freely praise God, and you ain't got to think about whether your shoes stay on the right foot or not. 
if you lose your wig, you just lose your wig, talk it up to the game. Grab it and put it back on and keep on praising God. Preach, preacher, preach. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I'm going to be somewhere I'm not free to praise God or free to worship God. Free to dance and free to run. Free to shout. Free to wave my hands. Free to praise in tongues. Start messing around and start praising in tongues and when people start usher you out the church. They try to cool you off like it's you overheating or something. Get off me. How glorious was the king of Israel today uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. She, she put them down. You're acting like riffraff, David. That ain't how kings operate. That ain't how Royal to operate. Remember, she grew up in a, in a royal household. She grew up with Saul. <laughs> so, what? This, this is what I love. I love David's response here. I love. So, David said to Michael, Let me explain to you, honey. Honey, boo boo. And notice how he starts his explanation. It was before the Lord. Y'all got to catch it. It was before the Lord. She was concerned about how he looked to all other people. He said, no, 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 no. You got it wrong. It was before the Lord. Now, did the other people see him? Yes. But that, that, what is his concern? It was before the Lord. So even when you get into an atmosphere, a gathering of the saints together, now you know at home you can do whatever you want to do. You can dance out of your linen ephod, you can dance out of, out of your linen underclothes, you can dance with whatever you want to do. It's just you and Jesus. But when you come here, we prefer you keep all your stuff on. Please. Please. But dance how you want to dance. Praise how you want to dance. Because it's not before us. It's among us. It's, it's with us. But it's before the Lord. It was before the Lord who, watch this. And I'm, now I'm going to give you the why. Who chose me instead of your daddy. This is like... Drop the mic, right? See, he brought her daddy all the way into the equation. You see, because he, he knows what he knows in her mind, 
She's thinking about how she grew up in her daddy's household and he never got that wow, never got that crazy, never got that, yeah, that's why he lost his job. That's why he lost his job. Because he was more concerned about his appearance and his image than obeying God and following God and worshiping God. As a matter of fact, Michael, your daddy didn't even have enough sense to bring the ark back. Y'all know the story, right? The ark was gone before Saul became king. Your daddy didn't even have enough sense to go back and get the ark. All his administration, all the years he served, he never even had the wherewithal, the forethought to even go get it. He wasn't concerned about God's presence enough to even go get it. So Saul was never even concerned about the presence of God. Saul never thought about God's presence. He never thought about having God tangibly with him. So your daddy didn't think about that. But it entered into my heart. I got to have his presence. We got to have God's glory. We got to have God's anointing. We got to have God's power. We got to have God's spirit. We got to have God with us. So when I'm dancing, when I'm whirling, when I'm leaping, when I'm shouting, it's before the Lord. You understand, the ark, he's marching as a king in front of the ark before the Lord. The ark carried Old Testament, the presence of God. <laughs> That's why they, they, could only, they could only get six paces they had to stop. Come on, I can't go six weeks without praising God. I can't go one week without praising God. I gotta go every day giving God praise, giving God glory, giving God honor because I mean, he's, he's, it's his presence. So it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all his house. God told her to switch households and put me in office to appoint me ruler. I ain't gonna tell you what he's saying up here. <laughs> to appoint me rule over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Now watch this. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord. Now that word music there is italicized again. We can really take that word out and it still be appropriate. I'll play before the Lord. King James, how's it say? Just. Yeah, King James don't even, don't even put the word music in there. I will play before the Lord. We're just going to be free and have fun. You ought not go to church and not have fun. You ought not get into God's presence and not have fun. Tell your neighbor, oh, ease up. Have some fun, why don't you? People say, I don't want to go to church because church ain't fun. Church is boring. You're in the wrong church, honey. And maybe it's you. Maybe you don't know how to have fun. Maybe you're a party pooper. Maybe you ought to, before you go to the party, have a drink. 
before you go, just have a little sip, have a little nip, nip of the Holy Ghost. Have a little drink, drink of the new wine. Have a little dip, dip of the Holy Ghost. How, before you go, loosen up, loosen up a little bit. Loosen up, don't be so tight. It ain't the party, it's you. Therefore, I will play before the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. In other words, here's, here's his reason in a nutshell. God's been so good to me. I was a lowly shepherd out there in the fields watching my daddy's sheep. And God brought me all the way from the shepherd, from the sheepfold and made me king over all of Israel? You think I'm not going to praise God? I was strung out. You think I ain't going to praise God now that I'm free? I was battling and addicted. You think I ain't going to praise God? I was depressed. Suicidal. You think I ain't going to praise God now that I got my freedom? And this is what I like, Deacon Mac. Because you keep reading. He says, and I will be even more undignified than this. You think I was leaping. You think I was whirling. You think I was playing, boy. Wait, 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 wait. Hey, hit, hit it. Hit it, boys. Digging back, I had a dream years ago. In this dream, I, we were coming into church. And it, it wasn't this building, it was a huge building. And before service started, I heard all this commotion going on. People praising God and dancing and cutting up. And it wasn't service time, so I knew like what well, the praise team hadn't started yet. What's going on? And I came out there, and the people in the congregation said we couldn't wait on the praise worship team. And did I call your name because you were right in the front? You were helping them lead. Hey, we're just gonna sing to the Lord. Dig, it might be some in you, man, to get this praise worship going. I'm telling you. They said, we're not going to wait the service time. No, 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 no. God's been so good. And people just out there just praising God. I mean, it was so much. People were outside still. Waiting to get in. That's what it's going to look like. I said, that's what it's going to look like before God finishes this thing here. People are going to be outside waiting to get in this church. Who am I prophesying to? People are going to be outside waiting to get in this church. You're not going to be able to come late and get you a seat. Because there's a wave of glory that's coming on this city, on this nation, on this earth, and it's going to hit this ministry. The people will be outside, and they're not going to wait on 1030 to start. They're going to be outside, it, coming, from the, coming from the car, praising God, on the way from the car to the building. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
It'll break out in the parking lot. It'll break out in the foyer. It'll break out in the bathroom. It'll break out everywhere. It'll break out in the children's church. It'll break out everywhere all over the campus. I saw that. <laughs> hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. And I will be even more indignified than this and will be humble in my own sight. When you're going to give God your best, you humble yourself in your own sight. An impediment, a blockage to free praise and worship is arrogance. Pride. More concerned about how you feel and how you look and what, it, what I look like than ministering to the Lord. But I'm telling you, if you hang around here a little bit longer <laughs> and if you let yourself drink, you're going to lose it. You ever seen a, somebody who they was all cool and cute and sedity and they mess around and had a little too much to drink? You ever seen anybody that they had one, they, they didn't know they had too many. Just sipping, but they ended up having one too many. Next thing you know, they dancing on the table and, That's, why, that, that's the reason they had to stop all these Christmas company Christmas parties. Because people don't know. They, they, you don't know when you cross the line. You have no clue when you cross the line. And I'm telling you, if you would just constantly keep drinking, just keep drinking, just keep drinking, you're not even going to know when you cross the line. For I know one of y'all be on run up there and all run around this church, all just run down the street. I wonder who wouldn't mind being just, just that drunk. <laughs> cool, but I'm thirsty. <laughs> so did it sanctify, but I'm thirsty. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, that's the introduction. <laughs> Write this down. When I minister to the Lord, I must lose myself. When I minister to the Lord, I must lose myself. We'll stop right there. We'll stop right there. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Praise you, Lord.
just right where you're sitting right now, just lift those hands and just worship. Just take a moment right now, just before we go, before we go, just bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. Give him glory. Give him honor. Give him praise. Magnify him and exalt his name together. Lift up those holy hands to him tonight. <laughs> I didn't get to it tonight. We'll deal with it Sunday about singing to the Lord. Come on. You can do it. Do what you can. Sing unto him. Lift those holy hands and sing unto the Lord. Say something sweet to him. Hallelujah. Sweet, wonderful Jesus. Sweet, wonderful Jesus. Lover of my soul. Lover of my soul. Lover of my soul. Lover of my soul.
You can sing in the spirit. You can praise in the spirit. You can worship him in spirit.
Jesus, we adore you, we magnify you, we glorify you. We just plain love you tonight. You're the love of our souls, the bishop of our souls. You're the captain of our salvation. Thank you for all you are, all you do, all you speak. Thank you, Jesus, for the comfort of the Holy Ghost. We thank you so much. Our Father and our God tonight, we ask you, teach us what pleases you. How to serve you with gladness. How to worship you in spirit and in truth. For you seek such to worship you. Those are going to worship as you want, those who worship you in spirit and in truth. Teach us, reveal more and more what it means to worship you in spirit and in truth. And as we do so, Lord, we give you everything. We withhold nothing from you. We minister to you from our substance. We sing before the Lord. We dance before the Lord. We want to bring you honor and glory in all we do. Continue to show us how to honor you. How to honor you. For you're worthy of it all. Thank you for what you revealed tonight. Thank you for what you will continue to reveal to us as these days go on. We thank you, Father, that we'll walk in the fullness of your spirit and your anointing, your blessing your power that will continue to increase in the things of God. Hallelujah. That all the days of our lives, whether we're here together in small groups, with our families, or off by ourselves, we'll know how to enter into your very presence. For in your presence, there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand, there are pleasures evermore. Father, we thank you for it. Thank you for just being alive, that you are alive. You're not some dead God, <laughs> but you're the living God. We bless you, we love you, we honor you tonight. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Everybody who agrees, say amen. And amen. Put those hands together one more time.